Welcome. <laughs> Go for it. You, you do it. Welcome to the Easy Sleepers podcast. I'm here with David. Hello. And Alex. Hi. How's it going, guys? Great. Good. I, hey, good. can I ask a question? Why, when did we name it the Easy Sleepers podcast? It's like, it's, it's not a <laughs> name. Well, um, for the sake of branding and, uh, you know, brand alignment, uh, you know, Easy Sleeper, if someone searches that on Spotify, hopefully both would show up. So that's that was the thinking. But Easy Sleepers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, including the audience of oh, I like sleepers. That. You're all easy sleepers. Yeah. Yep. Do you have a better? Do you have a better name? No, I don't. I just was curious. <laughs> no, you know. Behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> a little peek. Yeah. So uh, we just played a show on Friday. Hell yeah. We played it at the El Cid, and it was a lot of fun. Do you have anything to say about it, David? Uh, yeah. Shout out to Deep Sea Peach Tree and uh, their friend Paris for putting us on this show. Deep Sea Peach Tree came all the way out from New York uh, to play uh, as part of their tour, and we were happy to open the show, bring some friends out. Uh, Elsa treated us really well, so we were psyched about it. Yeah, shout out Cole right now, who's friends with Paris. And uh, also shout out Sicaris. They were great as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, shout out to the bar for giving us a lot of free beer. That was that, good. That's cool. Nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the balcony as well. Yeah. That was a nice little special thing. Yeah. I uh, During Deep Sea set, I sat up there and ate semi-cold uh, chicken nuggets, dunking away. Where'd you get those? Uh, at, at the McDonald's, not sponsored, but uh, ate those during the set. It was a nice, nice pairing. And that sounds good. There was a balcony uh, that was just reserved for the artists. Pretty, pretty rare. It had been a while since we played, and because uh, we took two two months off at the end of 2023, mm-hmm. I was a little uncomfortable. Really? Yeah, because uh, I think if I if I don't play on stage every other week or you know at least regularly, I can get a little bit uh, you know out of my comfort zone. And it takes a little bit of time to get back there. But I think, you know, by the middle of the show, I was feeling much more comfortable. I definitely felt that way as well. Uh, just just took a few songs to get back into it. Yeah, a few months is a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. it's something comparable to tour where, like, one of my, key, one of the key takeaways I've had is, like, by the second night of tour, you're so in it. And, like, you're, you're so, like, I'm showing up for work and I'm going to do it. Like, you, it's you're set up for success on that. Whereas, like you said, taking a couple months off is, like, all right. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. Like, you know, you talk to the bouncer and stuff. Like, you know, try and be personable or whatever. But. Yeah, and usually by the second day of tour, um, you know, we're all sort of, we haven't gotten the best sleep because somebody in the band was snoring a lot. <laughs> And I'm not going to say who that is, but um, they know who they are. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you're just sort of like you, you, under, you realize this is it. This is what tour is. So you're, you sort of are forced to become comfortable. It's Doug who snores. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, when, when we're a couple nights into the tour, that's when we're at our absolute peak of, of uh, performance on stage. <laughs> um, David Coggins vibes. Yeah, that's when we, that's when we get better, I think. You know, as when we're doing it all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've come back from tour and just felt like we were a completely different band. We were so much better than when we left. Uh, touring is magical. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Like what type of magic? Dark, hmm. dark magic. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. the only type of magic <laughs> I I know. So yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, I felt like the the gig went well, and now we're sort of we're hitting 2024, and we've got a lot of stuff coming up. The first thing we have coming up is uh, a tequila shot each. Here we Ooh. go. Yeah. Just to get the blood okay. moving. So what kind of uh, tequila is this? Do you uh, know? I don't recall. It's 1800. Search sponsor here. Yeah, please sponsor us. Ready? Ready. Okay. It burns. burns a little bit. I brought a chaser because I like feeling good and I don't like feeling bad. <sighs> feeling good all the time. Oh, no. That was ayahuasca. <laughs> So yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming up this year. Uh, I think on the last episode, I said it was a little intimidating just because there are many things we have to do. Um, I think it's gone smooth so far. That doesn't mean it's not difficult, but there's a lot to that we're getting into this year. Yeah, we're a little bit ahead of schedule as far as production goes, which feels awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. But it's not done. I don't know if I should say that publicly, but... Whatever, just to, I guess. Um, yeah, the album's not done yet. Oh, we, yeah, will we have said at this point? Oh, man, I don't even know if I should be saying that there's an album. <laughs> I might have to cut. <laughs> okay. So, Mark, now, when does this Doug, when you're editing this, take everything Alex has said Yeah, out. we can do it. Yeah. Um, shoot, what were we saying right before that? What we have going on. Yeah, we just have a lot going on this year. Sounds like we're, like, really going through it, like, an uncle's, like... You know, just got a diagnosis or yeah, I think the cat is like throwing up. We don't know what's wrong. We just have a lot going on right now, man. It's too much to explain. Oh, yeah. And all we really mean is just um, we have to spend a lot of time in front of the computer and uh, making silly videos. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's very hard work sitting in front of the computer. <laughs> yeah. Very difficult. Uh, but yeah. So what's the first thing? What's the first major thing? This is a pop quiz for you guys. What's the first major thing we have coming up? So we have a single coming out February 9th, Timekeeper. Pretty excited for that. Yes. First single from an undisclosed upcoming project. Yeah, I think we're all really excited about it. We are. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, we, we definitely wanted to approach the, the whole like presentation to people differently of the music. Obviously, go stream it on Spotify when it comes out. But, you know, and we know like our fans and loyal Loyal listeners will do that, but also trying to reach like a broader audience that might not know who we are and like what we have going on. Oh, also, when when does it when does it come out? February 9th. Nice. Okay, so that's a Friday. Um, so if anyone is working that day, just uh, don't do anything. Just listen to it on repeat. And uh, post it to your story on Instagram like seven to like fourteen times, so yes. people think you have like maybe an issue. Yeah, do do that so much that people stop following you. So that's we're, healthy. We're calling for a general strike around this the release of this song. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're we're really excited. It's been a lot of hard work, but it's going yeah. to be awesome. I think, that, if I may say, I think this is our 
like truest to form release yet, you know, where it just sounds the most like us live. And that's what I'm most excited about is to get that out there online, you know, in a, in this, you know, in a bottle and um, definitely, definitely. see where we can send it. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you say was uh, different about recording Timekeeper versus uh, some other stuff? I can say, at least in the production process, Timekeeper is one that just kind of uh, came along. I mean, I, you know, I put so much time into these things that I can't really remember the um, the time spent. But just so hindsight is, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm looking at back at it with uh, rose-colored goggles. But mm-hmm. I, um, specifically goggles, not glasses. Um, <laughs> right, much cooler. Right. But, um, but I do feel like that one came along really easily and just like we just happened to do a really great job recording it the first time. Um, every element, um, yeah, just, just, uh, came along, which is rare. Um, yeah, like some of the others in the album just take a a lot of work, you know, not that Mm -hmm. we didn't do a good job or anything, but it just turns out that way, you know, harder to get to the vision. Whereas this one just, um. I don't know. Just, just was pretty. It came along nicely. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a combination of this song being a nice evolution of what we already do, and it not being so far out of what we normally do. So we're, you know, still comfortable in terms of recording. You know, I think we've written recently. We've written songs that are a little more uh, far out there, mm-hmm. and I think those are a little more difficult to get on tape but this one is it's really cool because i think people who know our music are going to think wow you know there's some new elements here and i i like the way that they're branching out it's very fun (laughs) definitely definitely yeah since we were able to kind of like have that song take on its own life like live by playing it out so much like we were able to learn a lot of like the ebbs and flows like the moments in it uh, things that really popped out, and then when we went into the studio, it was like, all right, we know kind of what we have to lay out, basically. Yeah, totally. We had played that. I mean, even just to, to go back, I know we covered some of this in the last podcast, but some of the writing process, like Doug and I had played that one so many times. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those ones that Doug brought here first, and we had gone over it just so many times and yeah. rewrote the ending and all that. And, um, just jamming on it so many times and then playing it out live so many times before we ever recorded it that I knew exactly which drum fill I was going to use in which part, you know, every single bit was written when I recorded that. Whereas other songs, you know, I'll say I have a few different ideas that I want to get captured in case in the production process, I decide I want to use this fill over the other one. Yeah. Timekeeper wasn't like that for me. Definitely. Yeah. That precision is very underrated. I think when you're in a band, like when I was, playing in bands in like high school and stuff like when you go to the studio that's kind of when you find out how much of like frauds you are yeah <laughs> it's like all right we're gonna do bass to a click now it's like the the slide you do like once every five times at this one part of the song like it doesn't doesn't hit as hard when you realize you don't know like what note you're playing yeah i, I think stuff <laughs> like that i think we have gotten a lot better at it i mean uh do you remember the first time we went into a studio it was in uh, DC. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think we had gotten some free studio time from somebody, and we went there 
and we are, I think our goal was to record two songs, two of our best songs. And uh, we did. <laughs> and then the finished product just was not that good. I think it, w- it was a combination of us being inexperienced Definitely. as well as uh, the person that was there helping us. Was that bias? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we also, we recorded maybe more than two. Really? Like we, we just like kept, it was one of those where it's like, is this a live session? Is this... We might have done like five or six. Well, that's the thing is yeah. when you're really inexperienced, you don't understand how much time it takes to record right. properly either. And mm-hmm. so when an engineer tells you, you know, I cost $80 an hour or whatever, then you're like, oh, well, shoot, can we record nine songs in three hours? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, definitely not. Like, yeah. you guys don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. So I guess that's another thing with this whole process that we had enough experience now to realize we want all the time in the world to do this and get it right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we recorded it at here and at Mike's house is so that we can, we would have that freedom, you know, to not pay someone by the hour, um, have Definitely. enough skills to do it ourselves and then have the freedom to explore whatever we want in the studio. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm not, I'm not a uh, good enough of a guitar player to record things really quickly. So it helps to have that more relaxed environment. I don't know, dude. You pretty much nailed all your yeah, stuff for this whole tape. album, really. It's on tape. We still like fancy studios, you know. But oh, no doubt. Um, you know, they have a place in time, and so we'll talk about we. The time know. is when we have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> One day, hopefully. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, speaking of doing things on kind of like a a bit of a tighter budget, um, with the video stuff. How do you think we kind of went economical? Economical, is that the right word? Uh, how do you think we were kind of thrifty with the video stuff without cutting corners or being cheaper, saying like, oh, we're, you know, let's pay a friend a hundred bucks and just go film in a backyard? Well, we've had, we've had um, some good experiences and bad experiences in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think we've really learned a lot from that. I think you so you had a vision of what you wanted this stuff to look like. I think having that in mind and taking it to somebody and finding somebody who can help you do that, I think that was key, you know, being prepared. Definitely, definitely. What do you think, Alex, about kind of like how, you know, we approach it with that same like DIY approach, but also maybe trying to bring someone in because, you know, we're not videographers ourselves. It's not our specialty. Totally. I mean... Yeah, there's a, a few people that we brought in for different things. Obviously, for the video, we worked with Zach, and he's been amazing and has just brought such great energy and ideas to um, to match our ideas. And, and uh, yeah, that's been awesome. We also worked with Jimmy uh, late in the production process, just as kind of like a mixed check. You know, he's got an amazing year for these things. And yeah. so, yeah, this is Jimmy side. Dixon um, yeah. I'm talking about. And, uh, yes, we at the end of uh, mixing every song, we were like, this is as close as we can get it. We would bring it to Jimmy Dixon and just uh, just to his home studio and see what he thinks and tweak a few things here and there. And the whole time he was doing that, he was also really great because he could tell how much we had already put into it and he didn't want to overstep. So he was always like, you know, it could be completely done as it is, but, you know, I have a couple ideas. And I'm like, dude, I want to hear the ideas. Yep. We all want to hear the ideas and have it be the best it can be. And so, yeah, he was pretty gracious with that. And um, in general, we loved all his ideas, you know, and it was just a few things for each song, but huge impact. And so that was great, too. And then 
for mastering. We've been working with Mark Trelecki, who is incredible at what he does, like gets it right the first time. I have no notes for this guy. If anything, I'm just like, shoot, dude, I got to change something in the mix and send it back to you here or there. But yeah, he's been amazing. What a pro. Definitely, definitely. It's like bringing in the right people at the right time, just like when you re- really need like the boost uh, and you have an idea of like how to get there. But just that extra bit of, you know, helping you get there is you know, the value of that. So uh, what about this experience? Like what, what about making videos do you think brings people in that just music doesn't? Uh, it's good. Good question. Yeah, I think having some like narrative or some hook or some kind of interesting creative thing you're doing uh, with the video is, you know, a lot of people watch for some reason they watch content without the sound on as kind of like a test. Maybe you're, you know, scrolling on the job or something and you, you wait to see if something will catch your eye. Um, so that, that's one way that I think bring people in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're yeah. in, you're in the bathroom at work in the toilet and, uh, you don't want to disturb the person next to you, mm-hmm. but you still want to scroll social media. So. <laughs> you know how, um, people will say in this economy (laughs) that's the reason we we just you have to catch people's attention right and i'm willing to try anything to do that you know so yeah i think working with zach who kind of knows how to do that with the visual um has been awesome for us definitely yeah it's way beyond what we would be able to do for sure So I had some questions for you guys about this song. We mentioned how we've played this on the road uh, for a long time before we recorded it. Mm-hmm. Do you? What shows do you remember that we played it at? Is there any that stand out? Just in general, yep. yeah. Any any show you remember that we played it at, and then uh, you know any people there that you remember or things that happened? Yeah, yeah. Anything like that? Yeah. Things people said about it. Sure. Doug, do you have any? Uh, no, because, um, <laughs> when, when we, when we play shows, it's so weird. I, I sort of, I get off stage and, um, usually Alex will ask me, how do you think that went? And, uh, I'll say it was a C plus, which that's, that's <laughs> Our good. Live shows are really great. Come see yeah. us live. <laughs> <laughs> and then I asked David what he thinks yeah. it was. And he says, B plus, you know, an A, a. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm he just, asked I, me what I think it says. And I'm somewhere in the middle, you know, I'm like a, BB plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. just very hard on myself. He's a pessimist. Mike is like, yeah, it was good. He's at the <laughs> yeah. merch, slanging merch. Yeah, exactly. Killing it. Yeah. yeah. But then I sort of, um, I kind of, uh, I forget a little bit like exactly where we, like what we played exactly. Mm-hmm. I know we've played it a lot recently and just comparing to what it sounded like when we first played it live to what it's, what it sounds like now live. It's night and day. It sounds so much better. Um, we sound tighter. You know, even though we hadn't played in a month and a half live, I feel like we didn't really miss a beat. Yeah. To me, the interesting one of the interesting things about playing it live is where this might be a little too behind the curtain, but when in the performance do you want to, you know, pull out Timekeeper? Uh, so I personally don't think it works as an well, I'll say where I think it works. I think it works as a second song incredibly well. Like you've gone on stage, you played one song, and then you bring in Timekeeper because it really just kind of elevates things. It hit, it's it's kind of like a plane taking off 
a little bit, how you have to taxi a little bit before. Right. Uh, and then towards the end of the set, for some reason, I don't think we've ever played it last, maybe once, but second to last or, yeah, it's kind of stay with us a little. We'll be right back. It's <laughs> definitely a moment in the set. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I find that it is a great one to transition us from kind of chiller songs into the more intense stuff. Yep. It's the perfect, like, it starts pretty chill and ends super high energy that we can go into another high energy song from there. And a not a... I'm, some of our songs do that for sure, but this one does it just really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So middle of, middle of the show, if you come late, we might be playing Timekeeper. Yeah, don't come late. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah. Might play it second. Yeah, it's sort of a slow build because it has... Um, I mean, the, the tempo for the first half of the song is upbeat enough, but it's not very intense. And then as the song goes on, especially at the end, it just, it goes off. And uh, definitely, I think that is sort of like a really good gateway to say, hey, the set is changing now. This is going to be a different feeling for the rest of... We ease you into it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some bands will be like, next up, we're going to bring it up a little bit. Yeah. So we don't have to tell you that. Right, it's yeah. within the context of the song. <laughs> I remember playing this song at the Eagle Airy VFW Ooh. Music Hall in Henderson, Los, uh, Henderson, Nevada. Fuck, I thought we were going to pretend that that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> and that Henderson is a suburb of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, what an experience. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned it was like a VFW type yeah, place. Okay, cool. Definitely, they you had cover some that. incredible artwork <laughs> okay, on the wall. Yeah. Uh, each piece, I believe, had a giant eagle. Yep. So One. awesome already. <laughs> and what was what was the name of the guy who who booked all of us? Uh, Blee. Bleep. Uh, <laughs> where he's no longer with us. Yeah. In a business sense. We have had um, some strange experiences in Las Vegas area. Yes. Some, some bizarre uh, booking people. Some great. <laughs> you know, I'll leave it at that. No, there's there's more to say about our <laughs> one of our favorite. I have two uh, two things that I think Vegas specific. Obviously, we're looking to play. It's one of our favorite places to play. Yeah. So if you're a promoter out there, reach out to us. Uh, we love to put on a great show. Ask us about our experiences with other promoters. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we played a backyard show. In Vegas, uh, that one of them, the backyard shows, had a chicken coop. No chickens yeah. in there. <laughs> okay, that show was amazing. But, yeah, you're yep. right. They, they moved all the chickens out, <laughs> out of the dirt area in the backyard so that uh, all the kids could mosh there. Mm-hmm. Um, I say kids because it was an all-ages show. It's like there's a scene in Vegas for, like, teenage music lovers, punk. you know. Yeah, punk yeah. music. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's sick, honestly, you know. So... But anyway, they they got super rowdy in the chicken coop dirt, and it's like totally kicking up everywhere. Yep, yeah, it was like sick. a little dust storm. Yeah, type thing. That was uh, one that stood out, and then another one that stood out. We used, we played a uh, dive bar in Vegas, the Double Down. Uh, that was one of the first places we ever played there, and we would play there. You know, increasingly as we would come back to Vegas, because we could do like two shows in one night. Go play the Double Down and join a bill, make fifty bucks. Uh, but uh, our last time there, and I believe it was our last time, was they had just celebrated their 30th anniversary. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, one, of, one of the issues with that place is it's kind of like the inmates running the asylum <laughs> vibes a little bit. 
Uh, just look at, you know, Google like what their most popular drink is called. Pass juice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never felt less welcome at a bar than when we play there. Yep. Just, I think that's yeah. like part of the appeal for people, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting negged like yeah. crazy. So we kind of approached that show uh, with like a little bit of fuck you energy, which is not the right approach generally. We're, we're very professional. But for this <laughs> occasion, it was the right approach. Uh, and we decided to roast the double down to the double down oh, yeah. on their 30th anniversary. Yeah, that's right. What did you say to, again? Doug had one good one. My my roast for the double down was again like no one. It's hard to know who's actually running the place because like no one wants to help you. Uh, so my bid was I was like you know some people think that the mob runs Las Vegas, but here at the double down nobody runs this place. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Doug had a good one too. I, I loved it, but it bombed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely bombed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I said something about like. Step what kids. there was there was a a single father's special. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was? Something about like if you're here, who's not watching your stepkid? Yeah, something. Yes. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also played there during the pandemic, which you know we can come out and say that now we played there, <laughs> um, and it was you know mask off at the door to kind of fit in, which yeah. now in hindsight I think feels feels pretty right. <laughs> Yeah, well, we had all had our sixth and seventh booster by then, so exactly. we were fine. Yeah. Um, but I think we got some love because we were like, yeah, we are we live in California. It's good to be in like a real, real place or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if we Las Vegas, said that. the most real place in America. Yeah. We do like to roast LA when we go other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know That's, how well it does. Yeah, I think we need to figure out a way to kind of reference like reference that yeah <laughs> sometimes it goes a little too well and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we'll tell that story maybe future other, pod yeah. subscribe to the podcast stay tuned <laughs> subscribe to the patreon no we don't have that yet um any other shows that stood out um we can talk about them or not marfa texas some thoughts there and then the tijuana border at 2 a.m have some thoughts on that. Did we play Timekeeper in Marfa? No, no, just okay. shows that stood out. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think Marfa. we played Timekeeper in Mexicali or Everyone everyone seems to have very uh strong opinions about the Marfa show. Mm-hmm. Um to me it was just sort of a normal set that uh just went okay. Yeah, it wasn't and, the oh, go ahead. And we were given free uh, ice cream, so and that was spaghetti. Cool. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the show as much as like the energy of the place. Like it, there were moments where I think we were thinking about leaving, you know, to like start driving back after the show uh, to cut off some time off, you know, our route. And there was a part of me that was like, well, if we don't leave now, like we <laughs> might never. <laughs> Like it was like that energy. We might be playing to this empty room for the next thirty years. Yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you like Marfa? Um, I was really glad that I had that experience to go there. Oh yeah. I would. I do. I like it. I don't know. I mean, it's just such a bizarre place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really glad I went there and that we played that show to no one the day after Lady Gaga played the same venue. Packed. Yeah, packed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. It would have been cool if she came out to the show. Yeah, she was at a um, fancy dinner with uh, that other actor from St- Steve Sizzow. We're big uh, fans of yeah. that uh, bit where she says... Uh, Tour. 
bus. Nest bus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bus, plane, another plane. Yeah. Show. <laughs> Which is, you know, kind of what no we're sleep. doing. That's what it is. No yeah, sleep. No sleep, yeah, <laughs> on the private jet. Um, yeah, Marfa, Texas was interesting. Do you remember the the green room there was like no. a Airstream cabin without oh, heating? Yeah. We were all like frantically charging our phones, I believe. Now was the place where I had the energy of like, if we spend the night here, we might not, we might leave, might not leave in the morning. Dude, yeah, yeah I remember taking a nap in that little Airstream cabin. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, that it was, was nice cool. that they had that for us. Yeah, definitely. But it was definitely not going to sleep all of us. <laughs> we had to leave. <laughs> we had to get out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it sort of had like a weird, the whole city had a weird, uh, like low rent Twin Peaks vibe to it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I would go back, by the way. Definitely. Yeah, loved yeah. it. <laughs> loved it every minute. Yeah. The people were great. <laughs> Spaghetti was great. Saw some of the Marfa lights. We did see the lights. That was cool. It's a highlight of the tour, probably. Uh, yeah. so, so I just want to say, though, uh, this is a little confession. Um, when we were When we were out there looking at the Marfa lights, Everyone was saying how they saw it, and um, oh no! You're I, saying now you didn't see it. I just lied and said well, I saw it. I don't no way! I didn't see it. I didn't see it. It was apparent. But I also think I, did, I didn't want to see it because uh, it seems stupid to me. <laughs> dude, that's yeah. so lame. Dude, <laughs> I go in with an open mind. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm closed. I'm closed-minded. Yeah, so. dude. Yeah. Oh, we got to keep touring. We got to go back to Marfa. Yep. Get this guy's mind open. <laughs> Go see the Northern Lights or something in Iceland or other lights. Okay, but can you Marlboro describe lights. the Marfa Lights for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen Easily, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a, a star, a couple of stars in the sky that are look like they're like zigzagging and like changing colors and all that. Like a drone kind of flying through the sky, but the good kind of drone. Yeah, and they'll change direction. They'll mm-hmm. like do a curve and then they'll go a different way straight and then they'll do a curve and then they'll disappear for a second, show up like a little bit somewhere else and then you see its pattern again. Very strange. And it yep. changed colors too. It was like glowing little green glow. and then glow blue and then glow pink. Yeah. It's very Doug strange. Definitely so you guys, you guys all saw it? You saw it? Yeah, you totally saw it. Saw it. Yeah. What, you think I'm just making this up? Yeah. yeah. Maybe, like I made it up that day that I saw it. <laughs> Dude, that's just you. <laughs> it's brutal. It all comes out. Did you really write this song? <laughs> Is your name really Doug? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Shit, crazy. Well, those are yeah. good good tour stories. We definitely have more, so tune into the pod, future pods for more tour stories, and we'll continue to hit the road in 2024. Yeah, we're going to make more. We're going to do one of these every two weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. And they're all going to coincide with some release that we're going to be putting out, so stay tuned. Boom. Thank you for listening.